You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And we're back. How are you, Mosso? Good, bro. Good. What's fucking happening? Nah, not much today. Just outside working in the winter sun. You complain about the cold in the morning, but it's actually quite nice to work out there in the Arvos. Mm. What about you? Did you go away on the weekend? Yeah, no, I had a good weekend. Went up to um, Point Plumber. Mm. Me and the boys, Darbs, Connor and Quinn, and mm. one of our mates, Buffer from Queensland, drove down and met us up there. And, uh, yeah, just got didn't fish at all like we planned on, but the surf was really good. So just got a few waves and then got on the tins. Good stuff. Right, let's just get straight into it and bring in our guest today. Triathlete, entrepreneur, my boss, Sean Hurston. How are you? <laughs> Afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good, yeah, good. Really good. Happening. How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, mostly catching up with family and went out for dinner Saturday night with a few friends. So, yeah, starting to get back into mm. going out again. It's good you can start doing that again, eh? It's, I haven't been out for dinner yet. Where'd you go for dinner? Uh, we went down to a place called Hunter Bar on Honeysuckle. It used to be the old silo bar. Oh, yeah, down the end there. Any good? Yeah, it was good. I'm still off the drink at the moment, so I made the most of what I could. Oh, yeah. yeah, six months, ladies and gentlemen, six, six months, months without a drink. Quite yes. impressive stuff. Good on you, mate. Yeah, thank you. If you've noticed, Mossy, I've got a computer in front of me now. Yeah, well, I can't miss that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big microwave, isn't it? Okay, now do you need a phone line to plug that into? <laughs> I've had this thing for so long. <laughs> yeah. I use it for art, that's it. I hope oh, it's clean. Yeah. Such an artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not clean. Because you're such an artist <laughs> and everything. <laughs> right, uh, so here we go, it's making noises. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. So just before we get into it, uh, every time we plug Sage Painting, this is the man. This is the fellow who allows us to use his space kindly and, um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So with a name like Sean Hersey, it's quite a strong Irish name. Um, you grew up in Newcastle. Do you feel like an affinity with Ireland at all? Um, yes, I do. I'm very uh, attached to my dad's side and, and my granddad's still alive. So he's um, got a very thick Irish accent. So we were definitely brought up with um, the Irish, you know, generation. So... Um, yeah, and I went and lived over there for 12 months myself. Oh, really? Um, about 10 years ago. So awesome. Because Dad was born there, I've got an Irish passport. So okay. it was good to take you know advantage of that and went and lived over there for 12 months and didn't see a day of blue sky while yeah, I was there. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. And is that uh, northern or southern Ireland? Uh, southern, so Dublin City. So IRA territory? Yeah, they're all over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, how come your grandfather decided to migrate to Australia? Um, I, I'm not sure. I think there was just at the time Australia was just looking for immigration and there was some good deals on coming out here and I think he had already had some of his family come out here, maybe my nan's sister and her husband and probably gave him a good inkling about what it was like. Um, so, yeah, he moved out here, I think, 1965, somewhere around there. Straight to Newcastle? Straight to Beresfield and Taro. Beautiful oh, what? Spot. What was even out there I mean, back bushland then? then? So it was actually a new estate back then. Actually, to Taro, where he where he, he still lives to this day. Mm -hmm. Apparently, if he painted so many houses, he actually got a house as his payment. What? So, Jamesy, um, so he did enough for that <laughs> kind of deal, bro. I <laughs> paint enough of them. Oh. So yeah, he's still in that house today, and 
Yeah, he's still going strong. He still loves his bowls and the same house he got for free. Pretty much. Well, not yeah. for free, but yeah, I don't know what the exact deal was, but it was something along those lines. Yeah, yeah I can't believe that. Yeah, so you mentioned there he was a painter, and then John Hersey, he's a painter. So what generation painter does that make you? Uh, I'm fifth generation, so my granddad's granddad was the first one to get into the painting industry. Fifth generation painter, so you had no choice but to be a painter, did you? No, I was definitely born with a paintbrush in my hand. <laughs> or I was, I was going to be forced to, to get into the trade. So both of your brothers are painters, but one of them's escaped. Danny? Yeah, one of them made it through. Um, he doesn't come to any family events anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hangs out with mum's side and that's <laughs> it. My ankles are sore. <laughs> nah, yeah, he's, he's, he's done his trade, but he, um, he really enjoyed the marketing part of the business when he was running his own show. So he got out of painting and got into marketing. Yeah. So uh, where, where, did you, where did you do your trade? How... Where was that round here, obviously? Or Yeah, I went to Newcastle High all the way to year 12. Swore on my mother's dying oath that I was never going to be a painter. Um, I just lived and breathed it my whole life. Every time I went to jobs with Dad when, he was, when I was young, I'd be straight to the putty tin and I'd be playing with putty and mm-hmm. walking around and um, you know playing with paint and things like that. So it was, I was around it all the time when I was a kid and I, I just – I think that expectation was there that Dad wanted to – all these boys to to get into the industry he's always been a bit more of a businessman than a, a father so he, he all he could see <laughs> was three, <laughs> three more dollars <laughs> three more lackeys <laughs> so okay. would you say that you had started an apprenticeship at a really young age um i was straight out of school 18 so was reasonably young but dad said to me you know I'd, you're not going to get any money out of me unless you work for it and i probably respect what he said now um, 18's quite old, quite old for to start an apprenticeship. Well, what I was getting at is like working on weekends and school holidays and stuff like yeah, that all throughout school. So you were sort of already on the way before you started. Yeah, I think from when I was about twelve, I was school holidays and weekends and and that sort of thing. And you know, you didn't know any different. Dad just like go and help these boys. He probably wasn't getting much done, but go and help the the lads and and help them get some jobs done. And yeah, that was the way I was making money when I was younger. Yeah, that's good. I actually, I got my first job when I was twelve as well. I was a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I had a backpack full of drugs for Gleason's Chemist in Western Sydney and a push bike. And they said, "Here's a map. Here's the addresses. Go right around the Villawood." <laughs> what? I'm serious. <laughs> with, a bum, with a bum bag full of money, I got mugged three times. Did ya? I'm dead set. I'm not even joking. On my little Kmart bike. Why didn't you cu- cut in some muscle? Like get the old brother on hand. I was on five bucks an hour. <laughs> I couldn't afford muscle. Like I said, I was only twelve. There was no muscle. <laughs> You're on a lot more now, though. Well, money. <laughs> Five bucks fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what is, uh, what is old James Eo like as a like as an employee? Maybe oh, he's great. got a company car and all that. He, so I don't know how he got that. <laughs> if you ask me the same question long enough, I'll give you a car. I guess that's how he got his car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, squeaky wheel that gets yeah, the oil, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Close mouth, don't get fed. Uh, but how does he go? Is he right? Yeah, definitely. Um, all in all honesty, he's you know up there at the top, and he's in our leadership group, and um, his quality of work is fantastic. So we like having him on those top end jobs, but it's also good for him to train a lot of the younger staff as well. Yep. 
Um, and yeah, there's definitely room for him to improve in the, the business. Yeah, that's where I find I shine the best is teaching the young people because some apprentices they just don't get taught and they don't want to put their hand up to be taught. Mm. And I think you just got to show them, hey, just do it this way. Just show them, and they're like, oh, thanks for that, man. Like, not many people will take the time to actually say to an apprentice, you know, don't climb up the scaffold that way. Come around and I'll show you how to do it more dodgy. The scaffold. We're gonna just set up a ladder. Yeah, <laughs> don't about it. Climb up the bus. But he's not scared to get involved either. You know. Some of these guys need a bit of a push and to get yep. along. So Jonesy's yeah. personality definitely helps with that. And I think yeah. it helps where I've had the same thing. Like you were all, you're also relatable to the younger fellas because it's not like you, you know, you look like a bit of a rat bag, and but you're also <laughs> good at your job kind of thing. So like they think they can relate to you and get on your side and be your mate kind of thing. But you also take that and push them in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think I do relate with them really well. I, I like the people that we work with. You know, if you don't like your situation, try and change it. And if um, someone's not having a good time at work, it's going to bring everyone down. So it doesn't take much just to say to someone, "Hey, how you going? How you feeling? Like, what do you think about this?" Getting a second opinion on things, and it makes people feel like they're involved in the decision making process, and it makes the job run a lot smoothly. Hundred percent. Mm. Right, Shawno, you. Uh, I know you get into your triathlons. Did you play any other sports growing up in Newcastle? Yeah, played rugby league for a long time. Who for? <laughs> South Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> up the mighty lions. Um, oh, look, I played cricket, I played soccer, and at soccer, you know, I was a bit too aggressive, and that's when my coach said one day, look, you should probably go and r- play rugby league. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> or just say, fuck off. <laughs> so he probably thought it was indoor soccer out on the outdoor yeah. soccer pitch, but... Um, yeah, played for the Lions for probably five years. I think we got a couple of premierships there, um, under 15s, if couple you want to claim that one. Yeah, yeah. 100%. They yeah. all go on the board. Division three or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take up the that. Lions. Up the, uh, up the mighty Lions. <laughs> um, yeah, played rugby league up until 18s, and that's when yeah sort of got into the apprenticeship and, and started working, so got rid of that. But triathlons, um, I think it, when I first started my business, I really wanted to buy a road bike. And um, sort of started being able to get the money to, to buy a road bike. And, yeah, went riding with a few friends. Some of them did triathlon and some of them, one of them said maybe you should give one a crack. So there was a local one up at Port Stephens, um, an Olympic distance. And, yeah, signed up for that. And, yeah, ended up winning that race. Myself. Oh, really? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, so what's Olympic distance? What's that? Oh, let me think. It's a fifteen hundred swim, forty mm-hmm. k bike, ten k run. Oh, awesome! And how much how much training had you had before you'd won that one? I'd done a fair bit. I was probably running a lot on nervous energy as well. So yeah, being the first one, but yeah, definitely won my age group in that race, and that sort of gave me a bit of a, um, you know, the energy to to continue yeah. on with it and and go on to do bigger races. So from there, went on to um, do a lot of half Ironmans and eventually a full Ironman. What year was that? 2016, flew over to Germany in a place called Roth. Um, it's one of the biggest triathlons in the world. I'd actually won the um, the entry to that um, by doing the f- local Foster triathlon here. Yeah. And, yeah, had never done a full Ironman before. And when they asked did I want to go, I just said yes and I'll, I'll figure out the rest I'll later. I'll, I'll Google <laughs> how far it is later. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you go? How'd you end up going? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, really loved it. It's probably the best place to celebrate doing an Ironman when it's finished because, you know, the German beer was just flowing straight mm-hmm. after it. But, 
Yeah, when you're standing at the start line and they're reading the, the rules and instructions out in German, mm. I tell you, that's when you get some nervous You'd energy. You'd be hitting it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do, do you use your training as a way to sort of relieve a lot of stress from having 35 idiot painters working for you? <laughs> <laughs> I try to. Uh, this time of year is a bit harder with winter being shorter days, but, yeah, definitely um, find the running, swim and bike bit of meditation and just going into a different zone mm. um you know I, I used to do that with alcohol go into a different zone but mm. these days <laughs> 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 what was your uh, drinking place of choice oh it wouldn't worry me. the mouth <laughs> in the mouth pour it in there boys oh look i always <laughs> like being around people so we you know be down the pub or a mate's place or yep. anything like that but yeah definitely a social social zone but yeah d- definitely the training helps and you know, I, th- I like setting goals myself, yeah. whether it's in business or triathlon or whatever, and I can really relate the two, um, of setting, you know, smaller goals and trying to achieve big things. It's funny you say you're a social person, but like triathlon is quite a individual kind of sport, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think with the triathlon, it's probably more personal goals and yep. trying to achieve personal things and just seeing how far I can actually take it myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, you said you would start an apprenticeship with your old boy. You obviously finished it. And do you think that um, completing a trade has served you well in life and what opportunities has it created for you? Oh, definitely. You know, I I wasn't the sort of person that wanted to, to get into big high-collar jobs um, when I was younger. And, um, you know, I, I went to 13 different schools when I grew up. And what, <laughs> moving around or just what? like you got to yeah, look for a new school? Um, Never really got along with my step-parents, so went from mum's dad's, mum's dad's, aunties, um, uncles, nan and pops, so yeah, and that was all up until year six, so 13 different schools, four different schools just in year six alone, so every term I changed schools, Um, and then, you know, went to Newcastle High School, never really put in that much, Um, did finish school, but only because I wanted another two years before I had to start working, Um, so yeah, never had no intentions on taking on a big high role job or anything like that. So yeah, straight into the trade, working for my old man was, you know, probably not the best apprentice either at the time. I don't know if I'd hire myself these days. Yeah. <laughs> you were a rat bag when you first got on the tools? Uh, yeah, definitely. Did you, think, uh, did you think at any stage because it was your old man's company you could kind of get away with things or was he real hard on you because... Obviously, you It's definitely in the first two years. I probably just took it for advantage yep. and just, you know, I was 18 at the time, was be out partying all the time, whether I went to work or not. My, my granddad was still in the business and he was, you know, one of the hardest blokes I've ever worked under. So he was the one that probably brought me into line in the last two years of my apprenticeship. Um, but I did some World Skills events through the TAFE and won a few of those competitions oh. there. So that's what actually got me to continue on in painting and actually yeah. take a liking to it. What is that like the golden golden brush? Like Chippy's like version of the golden hammer. Olympics kind of thing. for trades. Yeah, yeah. So there was br- brickies and tilers and you know you'd have three walls and one wall you might have to do a geographical image. The back wall you would have to wallpaper around doors and windows and um, yeah other 3D sort of painting effects and mm-hmm. color matching and all that sort of thing. So, so does wallpapering come in under painting? Yeah, decorating. Oh, true. Yeah, mate, we do it all. 
Yeah. Just contact Sage Painting. We'll be there. I used, <laughs> I used to be a bit of painter, painter back in the day myself. You well, know, used to work for me. So mostly, gonna, mostly alleyways and grandstands and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> if it's a service people pay for, we do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was getting at there. I think some people like to just throw their hands up in the hair and say, "Oh, I can't do it. I've had enough of that." But I think by sticking out a four-year trade and like staying at it and like really trying to get it done, it teaches you that. You can just stay in front of the computer or for, like with your training or whatever and you can implement the – what's the word I'm going for here? The disciplines that you have to go through doing a, tra- doing a trade into your normal life. Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'd, I'd got to a stage where I always wanted to be at work. I, I got to, you know, certain levels in my dad's business where I was respected and looking after big jobs and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely – got me into good places and then it was one day I, th- I was been with him for 10 years and one day I was I was working on a cash job in the afternoons and I I just said why can't I just do this as a full time just working on my own for myself because you know and that's where I knew I couldn't go anywhere in my dad's business he was only young um, and he he wasn't going to relinquish anything I was sort of as far as I could go with him and um, yeah so I think it was a couple of weeks later I saved up some money and I said, see you, see you later. And how did he react? Uh, he definitely thought I'd be back. He yeah. sort of gave me his well wishes, but it was sort of with a bit of a smirk on his face, like you'll be back yeah. soon, mm. son. It says a little bit about you too, because most, I know people who, who whose parents are doing well off, like better for themselves, they've got a good company and stuff. Like the kids kind of just hang around on the fringes and just wait and wait their time out kind of thing and think, oh, yeah, this will be mine. I don't have to yeah. do anything for it. I'd, I definitely could have stayed there and just looked after certain size jobs and, and just took it how it was. But mm-hmm. I don't think I was fulfilling my natural goals and ambitions. Yep. I, I felt I needed to achieve something. Um, I was 25, I think, and, yeah, just I started to mature, I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, finally. But... Um, yeah, I was like, "What's next? What's new?" Like, I've got uncles in the painting game as well, so they were, you know, working on their own, and they were like, "You know, why don't you come and do something like we're doing?" Yeah, right. so you're not just competing nowadays with your dad; it's your uncles as well. Yeah, we've sort of got the business in a good position now that we're just doing our own thing, and I don't care what's happening around me. And yeah, that's we've good. got our own, you know, goals of what we want to do. Um, I, you know, obviously glance and see how people are going, but. Um, more often than not, we're just trying to set the path and, you know, get people to follow us. Mm. And you knew, you said your dad sort of said, oh, yeah, good luck and gave you the wink with a smirk on his face. Did that, you know, they say spite's a powerful motivator. Did that sort of motivate you to go further and harder? Yeah, nothing motivated me more than not having to go back. Um, <laughs> you know, I was a painter that knew nothing about business. Yeah. You know, if you mentioned the word marketing to me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what it fucking meant. Down Paddy's. <laughs> Down <laughs> Paddy's marketing. <laughs> and I, I had to learn everything as I went. And, you know, working on your own as a sole trader, you, you were just working time for money. So you were just getting paid for the, the things you did. And I took a lot of pride in what I was doing. I think that was part of me not having to go back. I had to make it successful. I had to make it work. Um and, yeah, so just respecting every client. I had to learn how to do cottage residential work because I'd grown oh, yeah. up on commercial buildings. So um, <laughs> as though I did them for cash jobs, mm. I still had to learn, you know, what a sash window was and things like that. 
And a common question that I get asked working for you is, what does sage mean? Well, what does it mean and how did you get the name? So stuff you burn in your house, bro. So I'd, I'd done, um, I started, when I started my business, it was just Sean Hersey painting and decorating, which was, you know, quite original. <laughs> after, I, after I got to, I think there was maybe three or four or five of us, I started having a bigger vision of where I wanted to take the business and I really wanted to create a brand name that it wasn't Sean Hersey painting anymore. Yeah. It was a collective group of people that were yeah. achieving um, things along the way. So I'd done a couple of business courses where there was some um, work around branding yep. and we looked at um, names and four-letter words were really yep. um, more memorable. So the word Coke, Aldi, Uber, looking at road on the yeah. um, Mix box up. here. So we found that a four-letter word was the most memorable. So we went into the dictionary and we were looking through, um, you know, master of the trade, um, those sort of things, and we came up seeing the word sage and we just went, sage, you know, isn't, isn't that a herb? Mm. But um, the second meaning of sage is a very wise, experienced person, you know, master of the trade. So we said, yep, four-letter word. It's got a bit of meaning to it, a bit unique. Um, and then, yeah, we went went with the name Sage. So at the time, I knew it didn't mean anything, but it was what we were going to create of making it mean what it does today. Yeah. And um, so do you really enjoy running a business? I do. I do. I think there's there's peaks and troughs. There's definitely days where, you know, it gets to you and you, you start asking questions, but... There are a lot of rewarding times too and I think as long as you get the right balance, um, you know, I like, I need to be challenged and I'm always giving myself challenges by saying yes to a lot of things yeah. and we'll figure it out later. I think I've, that's where I've got to where we are today because of that reason. But I, I really enjoy, the biggest part of it now is really enjoying how many people actually work for us Yeah, and just knowing, you know, the contribution that I'm giving to help all those families too, the opportunity to, to grow and do whatever they want to. Um, you know, the thought of me packing up and going doing something else means, you know, there's 35 families out there yeah. are going to have to look at doing something else mm. as well. So, so, like, at this stage where you're at now, have you had, like, yet, have you had a, um, like, a kickback moment where you've just looked back at it all and just gone, I've done this. I didn't have to go back to that and this is mine, I built this. Have you had a moment like that yet? Yeah, I guess it's it's happened a few times. It's probably been with my dad and oh, yeah. it's probably been, you know, saying him saying how's business and how's things going and you sort of come back and you tell him how things are going and he sort of goes, oh, right, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you surprise him a bit. Um, but there's also other moments where, you know, someone might buy a house or... Even when I was at work today, we've got a young girl called Tali that works for us. She's a young apprentice and she couldn't wait to show me her new van that she'd got. And, you know, it was only um, six to ten months ago that she was at school and her dad approached me and looking for, a, you know, an out for her because she didn't want to go back to school. So there's a lot of rewarding moments there. You know, it's not all about money. Like we need to make money to survive in this life. But um, if it's all about money in your head as a business owner... I don't think you'll survive forever. You would need other things that um, reward you and, and send you on your way. Yeah, a lot of us in recent times have prospered working for you. Like you think about how many of us have bought and sold houses in the last two years and vehicles and travelled and everything. It's been – everyone has seemed to have done well out of it and um, it's all 
rolls off the back of your hard work, so thanks. Yeah, even um, like seeing you boys, when I when all the COVID stuff kicked off and I got stood down, and I, well, I was just like, fuck, what, do I, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go back to Sydney to work because there's no work up here because everyone's freaking out about the whole COVID thing. Yeah. And then seeing you boys, you were just like had the, the security that you and everyone that was working for you because you had just been flat out through it. Like security that that must have brought to those families and stuff at, yeah. at, in the hard time like that. That all, like, that all rolls off the back of what Sean was doing. Like people didn't see what he was doing. Like he's ringing all these offices that had closed and ringing the airport and ringing a lot of, a lot of different businesses and saying like, hey, you know, we can come and we can do a full clean. We can do. So we were busy throughout that period just because Sean was working so hard. Yeah, we had to look in advance and, and, and see, you know, who still had money and who wanted to spend money. And yep. um, we looked in the right areas. We'd, we'd pulled in some government courthouse jobs, which has definitely pushed through. We're doing a lot of schools. Um, but, yeah, even getting back to that rewarding thing, you know, there's people that have changed their whole lives around as well, working at Sage Painting, whether it's, you know, they've been in a rough, tough place and, and just working here has just helped them get a bit of motivation and change themselves. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Like Cobar, for example, with Adam. Yeah, he's, he's back <laughs> on top now. <laughs> he'd be still out there. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for the painting gig he got out here. So. Mm. Yeah, he's back on top. So previously when we've spoken, you said that sometimes you can feel quite lonely being at the top of the business and no one can really relate to you. Uh, do you feel you're a bit lot closer with your father now, that now you can sort of understand where he's coming from and understand certain positions that he was in when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, when I was younger, I was always saying stuff like, you know, if I'm ever in dad's position, I won't do things like that. And yeah. things like, um, you know, even when he was, whether it was a businessman or a parent, but going through a similar journey to what he's done, um, I can definitely relate to reasons why, you know, he might have said stuff when we were younger. He might have been in a stressed situation and things like that. So I guess being through that situation, I've got to try and be better than that myself because I've seen both sides. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely – I wouldn't say I get lonely um, being a business owner, but there's definitely times when you want to talk to people that yeah. can relate to what you're actually going through. And, um, yeah, it's – you know, a lot of my mates aren't into businesses. So if you're at a, a local barbecue or – something like that, it's hard to, to bring up a lot of yeah. stuff about, you know, being an entrepreneur or business owner and they don't really, you know, it's not the topic that everyone yeah. wants to talk about. Oh, here he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's talking about business again. <laughs> yeah, so do you struggle to balance life's elements, like your family, your work and your, your own personal well-being? Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to say yes, I do. I, there's, there's, I'm all in or I'm all out, so... You know, I'm, I'm on a 12-month health kick at the moment where I'm trying to better all parts of my life and, um, you know, not that I had an alcohol issue but it's just having more out energy and clarity yeah. and um, more time that you're not out there, you know, having drinks with mates and things like that, although I do miss it. Mm. Um, yeah, look, you try and get the right balance with your health and your family and your business and your, your social life um, and your... Your Training. growth of where you're actually trying to go. So, you know, if there's a race coming up, I'm I'm all in on my health. And if you know the business is looking like things need to be sorted out, then I'm all in on my business. So, I definitely have peaks where I focus on certain sections of my life. But um, yeah, I try and get a bit of an all-round balance. But if I'm doing business all the time, you know, the family seems to suffer, and it's just trying to to get everything aligned. Yeah. 
if you can. If you can, <laughs> it's hard, eh? It <laughs> is hard. hard. When you work, when you're, you're saying with the alcohol thing, like you work six days, you go on the piss on Saturday night, and you spend all day Sunday in the lounge. You think, let's mm. fucking work for six days just to lay on the lounge all day on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So, so sometimes when you have a rest off the piss, you have the best times. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Enjoy your days off. So, what, I what, didn't know my what brought the here. six months? <laughs> 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 She's probably screaming for you to get on the piss. I mean, she wants to rest from you at home all the time. Oh, hurry up. <laughs> So uh, what what processes or techniques have you implemented like into your business to set Sage apart from the rest pretty much? Um, oh, look, from the day I started on my own in my own business, it was all about 100% quality. And I know a lot of business can say, oh, I just do quality. You know, that's what mm. I do. But getting to a position where we are with 35 staff, we still want to hold that quality. Yep. I think it's very easy for businesses to get to that position and say, all right, you know, we're commercial painters now. It doesn't really matter anymore. We'll get rid of those values of quality and let's just make sure we get the work just done. Just slap happy. However it gets done, it just has to be done. So I think there's a market there for, you know, a high-end painting company that has a team of people that can still produce the same um, sort of work. So that's definitely one. Um, we want to build the best systems and processes in the business so... Our staff are coming to work every day not feeling like they're at work, like they're actually at a place that they enjoy. Um, you know, we've had a bit of a gym here in the back of the shed lately and a lot of guys have been wanting to take that on, so we're actually looking at getting something like that permanently. You know, we want to do a lot of team days and just really focus on the team culture and make sure that that's one really good aspect of the business. And even even I've noticed it. Like, I don't work here, obviously, but... Um I've just noticed that about the boys that, you know, they're all in here, they train together and stuff and like see you coming in and out, even like you let us use this space and it's just, it's like a little sense of like a small family and just a bunch of mates instead of, oh, that's the boss, shut up, he's coming kind of thing. You know, that's yeah. like it, there's no sense of that at all. Everyone, everyone's just mates here and happy to be here. Like it's the work shed, but people come back here after work to go training and do stuff like that. Like, fuck, as soon as I leave the yard, I'm, I'm out of there. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got big plans too, you know, like we're only hitting the tip of the iceberg of what we actually want to do and, um, you know, when we do a lot of our marketing, we're not just doing it to bring more clients in, we're actually doing it to create a, you know, show everyone what it's like to actually work at Sage Painting and invite more people to come and jump on board and join the team. Yeah, I work really hard to make it a good team environment. You know, I actually take pride in that by trying to make everyone friend. You can't make everyone friends, but you can communicate with each other. You can say, hey, you want to go for a beer after work or do you, you, know, you want to come down to the gym, do a gym session? Because I've got to be there too. I've got to slap the walls in. I, I might as well have fun while I'm there. That's what they say. You spend more time with your workmates than you yeah. do with your, your family, essentially. You know, you're with them every single yeah, eight day. Eight hours a day. day. Eight hours a day, like... And, yeah. and bad eggs don't last very long in a great team culture environment either. As soon as, you know, there's a bad egg in there, they, they seem to be moved on. Built it, yeah. And uh, another thing we all, me and Jonesy always talk about, do you, like you said, you, sp you played rugby league and all that stuff growing up. Do you find that people who have played team sports growing up are better workers, are better team workers kind of thing? Like, or um, Yeah, I, I think there's room for both. I think there's room for individuals and there's room for team players. There's different personalities in our, our business and, um, you know, there's guys that work really well on their own and that's just their personality and their, their way that they display their energy. But, you know, they can be working on a small residential job on their own and, and that's how we get the best out of them. Mm. But there's definitely bigger jobs and, 
different personalities that we need a team of people and yeah people that have been in a team environment before and understand what it's like to you know follow job descriptions and work under a leader a lot of your um, business development stuff how did you come to that who, who said hey sure maybe you could benefit from you know, this conference or that conference or from this group is that something you come to naturally or someone introduced you to it uh, i i sort of sort of fell into the first one i like I said, when I started painting, I didn't know anything about business. So yeah. I, my first one was a fucking business course because I had to learn, you know, what fucking... Business for dummies, yeah, basically. GSD and stand for <laughs> and things like that. But, um, yeah, so just did a quick course at WEA on small business and, and then there was a the teacher there said, you know, you seem to keen to learn, so go and have a look at this one down in Sydney. And from there it's sort of... You know, I could see the business was growing. The more I educated myself, the more the business was growing. And, um, you know, I've had past friends call me a seminar junkie, but mm. I guess, you know, where we've taken the business from the start to where we have now, it all comes back to how much you educate yourself. Any any seminars stand out to you as one that you're like, yeah, that one was like a bit of a game changer for you personally? Um. Oh, look, I've seen some big names with Grant Cardone, Gary V, Kerwin Ray, you know. Um, How's Gary V? <laughs> he was good. Got to um, got to actually meet him in person. So really? Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, I wasn't willing to pay the five grand to have lunch with him, but... He's a um, weapon, eh? Yeah, definitely knows his stuff. So, look, I I loved listening to a lot of people and you take out of it what you will yourself. Yeah. Um, that was some early advice I was given when I was younger. Listen to everyone, what everyone's got to say, but take out of it what you will and, and do that. But, um, you know, there's some no-names out there that I've got some great benefit out of too and they're mm. just smart, educated people that just use a pretty simple system and, um, you know, there's been great big names with sales and marketing but then financials and leadership are probably some pretty quiet names that no one would heard heard about. It's a good, uh, it's a good outlook to have <laughs> how you, you know, you, you're always learning, you're always doing that. I heard a, 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 an expression or a saying saying like, it's better to be green all the time because the day you get, you think you're ripe, the day after that you'll start to become. It's better rotten. to be green and growing instead of ripe and. Yeah, rotten. that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's it. how it goes. That's how it is. Yeah. Where'd you hear that, Gary B? I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So when you're doing all this sort of stuff, a lot of other business owners in Newcastle, when you're like just trying to grow the business and going to all these seminars and business development stuff, type stuff, especially in the trade game, did they sort of look at you and go, "What's he doing? Like, does he? What's he?" Like? Yeah, look, when I first started my painting business, I was one of the first painters, you know, around my same uh, level to have a website, to have a Facebook page, to have Instagram page, and because my competitors were older than me and, and past that. You know, not, not getting into any social media or websites. So it was like, you know, who's this fancy bloke think he is with all this stuff? But now, you know, <laughs> I've got to keep up with the rest of the younger fellas because they're all, yeah. you know, and starting doing TikToks and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, we, <TikTok laughs> we can do a couple, bro. Yeah, we do a TikTok. Got a couple of moves. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that we need that for, for the business that we're doing, but, you know, there's, there's stuff happening all the time. And I think that's what I probably learnt when I was younger that, I could have a competitive advantage on these blokes if I do get a website. I did have a Facebook page and that was where what helped our business too. And they were things that I learned from, from going to some business seminars down yep. in Sydney and, and they were saying, you know, if you if you get jump on board this, this is really going to advance your business. 
Mm. So you didn't really cop much flack from other people in Newcastle for having such like a online presence and just sort of being so aggressive with marketing in Newcastle? Not really, not really. I'm, you know, I get along with everyone in town and I say hello to every other business owner at the paint shop when I run into them. I call a lot of other painters around town and, you know, check on people that are getting a job with us and whatnot. I'm trying to probably create a different culture to what it was around when my dad was probably my age and no one really wanted to get along with anyone else. They were the competition. You don't talk to the competition. But I think it's different these days and, you know, there's still some painters out there that probably don't want to talk to me that have a bit of that attitude like, you know, what my old man probably did when he was growing up. But, um, yeah, look. I think it's it's not too bad now. I'm I'm constantly still wanting to grow. I'm st- constantly still wanting to learn. I'm probably just a bit smarter and in, in where I actually look to to learn from now. And you know, I can see other painting businesses just imitating things that we're doing. And I think yeah. that's one of the most things that I'm grateful for. That I don't care if they're copying. It's just we know we're doing the right thing. It's a compliment, eh? Yeah. What is it? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. I know how to say my words. Oh, not me, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dumb, dumb. <laughs> All right, so what's next for Sean Hersey and Sage Painting? Five-year plan. Where are we going? Well, look, we... Helicopters? We set goals every year and we keep accomplishing them. So, I know, I've got to start thinking outside the box and, and looking further on and beyond. But, uh, look, there's. I'm not saying we've achieved everything, but we've just... We're hitting goals and I mm. think... When you get a bit of momentum that you actually are achieving stuff and you are hitting goals, it, it gives you um, you know, some positive energy and, and you want to start setting the bar a bit higher. But um, like I said before, I really enjoy helping people now. You know, I want to look after my family and so that's why um, you know, it motivates me a lot through the business but I also want to help all the other families and I get a kick out of that. So there's definitely things that we've got in the pipeline of um, what we want to do with Sage um there's other business adventures that i could possibly go down you know maybe with the sage brand without the sage brand um you know i'd I'd really love to get into helping people that want to start a business that you know maybe have a great idea but they don't um have the capital or funds behind them and and maybe we can get them set up and get them on their feet and as like silent partner kind of thing yeah be like an angel investor and things like that so you know I, i every year i sit down and write you know, five-year plans, ten-year plans, and and as you get a bit closer to those dates, you want to start aligning them up and, and trying to um, get those goals to look a bit clearer. Yeah. So, yeah, constantly wanting to grow, and I don't want to sit still, so yeah. there's, there's plenty of room to, to advance and, and grow. So, yeah, we want to grow all aspects of life. Would you consider franchising, or do you think you would lose that quality control? We've... We've definitely looked down that path. We've written out some business models, whether it be a, a branch at Port Stephens, Hunter Valley, you know, Lake Macquarie, Central Coast. Um, we probably just need to get Newcastle right first. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. <laughs> once we, um, yeah, look, once we've, we think we've got a good business model um, and we can see it working and we might explore into to different avenues um, or it might be just that we just try and maintain the one that we've got and, yeah, see how we go. Mm. That's good. All right, we well, said before when you came in, you had an appointment, so we had to sort of rush through this one a little bit. But um, thanks again, Sean, for coming in. It was really good, mate. Yeah, just uh, what was? I just want to ask you, what was your first opinion? Can you hear him? When we decided, <laughs> <laughs> what? What did I say? 
wrap it up, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> what was your opinion when we first decided, hey, can we pilfer your back room for a podcast? No, what, was, what were you thinking, letting us do it anyway? Because I wouldn't let us do it if I was sitting there in your seat. No, nah, no, I'd like encourage anyone that's got ideas. And like I just said before, like with those small business adventures and things like that, anyone that's got ideas and they're on a path and there's a obviously a reason behind it and you guys want to fulfil something, that an idea that you had in your mind, I said go for it, you know, to not... Not affecting me. I know, and we yeah. appreciate it greatly. So, uh, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sage Painting, www.sagepainting.com.au. Thanks, for all, your, for all your painting needs in the Newcastle and Hunter area and possibly Lake Macquarie, possibly Port Stephens. Who knows? <laughs> Give us a call. <laughs> yeah, contact Sean and the um, family crew and we'll be there to put a coat of paint on whatever you want to do. And uh, new thing, Mossy, we've attracted another mm. sponsor. We've attracted swap bins. How are we going to drop a new sponsor on the day the sponsor's on this vodka? Uh, Paddy's a, <laughs> a good friend of mine. Paddy's a good friend of uh, mine. That's what we're, so, yeah, uh, this, also, uh, this episode was also proudly brought to you by Swap Bins, offering the best service and price on all two and three cubic metre skip bins in the Newcastle and Lake Macquarie area. Uh, get in touch with Pat via their website, www.swapbins.com.au, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. Awesome. Thanks very much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Thanks Mossy. Awesome. Ooh, Thanks, yes. boys. That's